Okay. What do we... What do we, It's season six, Paul. Yeah. Uh, 525,600 episodes. Almost. I don't get it. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to I Don't Get It, a podcast about performances in Edmonton. I'm Fonda. And I'm Paul. And we are proud to be part of the uh, Alberta Podcast Network, powered, powered by, by ATB. All right. Um, yes, as we mentioned, maybe maybe you heard it in the little bump there. We're in season six now. Yeah. Wow. We started this under a table in your apartment living room, and we're doing this now in a house you own. <laughs> um, time has passed. <laughs> so much has happened. We have aged. <laughs> mm. Have we ever. Coffee has become more and more important to our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know. Uh, that's, it seems maybe fitting to start, uh, the beginning of a new season for us, uh, with a show that was on an anniversary tour of its own, a 20th anniversary tour. Yeah, we saw Rent at the Jubilee Auditorium, part of Broadway Across Canada's, um, season this year. Um, it basically opened the entire performance season. It was the first thing really on stage after The Fringe, and Paul is, Paul is singing. <laughs> Do you measure? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's the, it's the 20th anniversary tour, but we will note that Rent opened on Broadway in 1996, so it's kind of like their 23rd-ish anniversary. Yeah. I think it's like any of those bands that are on their, like, farewell tour, but that farewell tour just keeps going for multiple years and yeah. comes back to the same city multiple times. Yeah. But as, as is in Rent's true style, they haven't changed the 20th anniversary. They just keep going, it's the 20th anniversary yeah. from from year three on Broadway, I guess. <laughs> Here we go. Um, <clears throat> 1996, um, what was happening? Uh, Jagged Little Pill was had been released the year before, but was dominating the charts. Um, uh, what else was happening in 1996? Uh, well, Friends was in season three. Uh, people still used regular voicemail on a tape. <laughs> yeah. Seinfeld um, was still on the air. It would be for a couple more years. I think it ended in 98. Yeah. Um, the year after Train Spotting, the film came out. We were kind of talking a little bit about that while we were um, at intermission at the show, trying to think of some of the sort of you know major cultural moments um, and things that were happening around that time. Because Rent as a musical has. Ha- you know, the question is, has it stood up over time? Because we've been, you know, it was it was pretty 90s feeling when, mm-hmm. when we were in the room there. Which, to be honest, I found, uh, I felt like was maybe the best approach. Um, that it is like a bit of a period piece now, which, you know, for someone who was... Uh, young and alive at the time that makes me feel very old <laughs> to refer to something um that was that was now like ah it's you know ah, how dated oh how quaint mm-hmm. um but i think that's how it makes sense both in terms of um like the production choices and and style and like look of the show and also of of its content and sort of what it was talking about and, and looking at i think it's this like a uh, little peering uh this little like uh, glimpse into the past Right. And so for people who have maybe never seen Rent before or heard of it um, or any of its um, well-known parodies. (laughs) 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 Um, Paul, what is Rent about? Hmm. 
Rent is um, uh, an adaptation, an interpolation, maybe, on uh, uh, La Boheme, uh, an opera from, from way back in the day. But it follows um, a group of friends in New York in the 90s uh, over the course of a year. And they are dealing with um, AIDS. Uh, they are dealing with... Um, poverty um uh but but the sort of overarching message is sort of about um living in this moment and and um uh you know being here now and and experiencing that and and being present because this is what we have we have the present we don't necessarily have our past or our future uh we don't know what's going to happen uh we have feelings and regrets and thoughts about what has happened but right now is what we have mm-hmm. yeah and it's a big sort of um you know kind of carpe diem seize the moment um because they're all sort of in a lot of ways many like well many of the characters um have aids um and are dealing with um you know illness there's the um one of the one of the nicest songs in the show one of the most the prettiest songs i think is that uh the um when they're in the life support meeting right will i lose my dignity yeah yeah and it's this like you know nice like beautiful choral canon that they go through um but for the most part a lot of the other songs are quite sort of like rock opera really heavy hitting lots of lots of belting um and just it is very 90s style in in that way for sure yeah absolutely fonda um how do you measure a year <laughs> And, and one of the iconic songs of Rent, uh, they talk about different ways of measuring a year. What what do you use as your benchmarks? <laughs> well, how many shows did I see that year? Maybe. Um, I don't know. You know, I think it's, it is interesting when they, you sort of like look at things. I, you know, I think 2019 has been a pretty crappy year overall. It's kind of just like a dumpster fire. Oh, I'll yeah. just personally put that out there for now. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and we'll see what happens with the election in October, but there's, you know, the, what's cool about rent and even Labo M, um, to an extent in Labo M, everyone was dying of consumption instead. Uh, (laughs) Um, but there's just this kind of like this very sort of like artsy bohemian, um, like value to being like, yeah, we're going to be artists and we're going to be poor, but we're going to love each other. And there's going to be, you know beautiful relationships and and that sort of thing and i think that maybe that's the true the 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 truest aspect of rent is it's those you know like there's three couples really yeah and mark (laughs) um, who witnesses it all yeah um and and you see the sort of like the arc of the relationships and and things that happen um a lot of people that I think who are even like really big into musicals and do like Rent also still like think that um, Maureen and Joanne are the best and, and Collins and Angel are also like, you know, up there. And nobody really thinks too much about Mimi and Roger. Yeah, if you think about it, there are some there are some things in that relationship uh, that are that are very problematic. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought um, sort of to jump back to like this, uh, this is sort of a timepiece now. Uh a lot of it, I've seen the movie. I'd never seen a staged version of Rent before. I've seen. Yeah, this was your first time seeing the show, which was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I found it's like cold open interesting, where especially for a musical, it just starts with people coming on stage and like talking to the audience. And it's very like low key until like a moment happens and then it's suddenly in full musical mode, which was like a nice, like, I get it. Cool. I can see how in 1996 that would be audacious and daring and <laughs> a twist on what we've seen. Um, but uh, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, things in the movie, I think they tried to 
like whittled down some of its 90s-ishness, but, um, or some of its like, yeah, that era, make it more of a New York specific thing, which it is, of course. Uh, but I think seeing it as a 90s piece um, with these very specific 90s um, moments and musical touches and, and looks, it made more sense. There were parts um, of Rent in the Movie where I was like, this song feels very forced. Um, or, or the style of it, I don't understand. But then, um, about where, about where he kills the dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where Angel, um, today for you, tomorrow for me. Yeah. Um, in the movie, it's sort of like this, like, uh, synth patch, um, just bouncy thing that feels like, huh? I remember being like, uh, I don't know if this lands. But in in the show. Uh, it's sort of got this like 90s club beat that you would have heard uh, if you flipped your channel to Much Music when Electric Circus was on. <laughs> also a big thing in 1996. But it suddenly like made that sequence make so much more sense mm-hmm. musically and why why it was uh, why it was the way it was. Um, uh, made yeah landed landed stronger for me. There were moments like that throughout that were like, oh yeah, as a 90s piece, I get this. When yeah. you try and sort of like hide or obscure that fact, it's suddenly just like floating in the ether. Yeah, and there's some definite moments too. Even just in the structure of the narrative, there's the they use this um, kind of uh, device where their they their parents are always calling them on the phone and leaving them voicemails. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is kind of like a trope that happens throughout, you know. Um, and it's a way to get extra narrative in there, right? Mm-hmm. To like update how far this year has gone and what else has happened. Right. Um, and of course, we don't use voicemail in the same way anymore I went which um you know and then there's other parts too like the costuming especially uh you know you really kind of felt that 90s vibe for sure and I'm glad that they didn't change it because I think that was another thing that they sort of tried to update a little bit in the movie that didn't really fall as well yeah yeah and so um yeah so I felt it was stronger here I think um yeah some of it's like um some of the uh uh, messages behind the content of that maybe felt like a bit like yeah we get it cool um you know to have like one of the sort of showpiece songs uh uh Le Bohem. um uh you know it's it's this rallying cry to the bohemian lifestyle and there's this sort of show-stopping moment of like uh turning to the audience and saying fight aids and these things mm-hmm. um and i think you know especially in 1996 that was still such a prevalent um, thing and very very powerful and now it felt a little um, more like yeah cool great yep we all we all get it here but I think that's like telling in a way of how far we've come in a good way mm-hmm. that like culturally some of the issues that are in this um, still exist that that disease still exists um, in in the world uh, and affects people but um, because we've sort of come farther and, and medicine has progressed and and, and things have, have changed on that front uh, here that that felt a little like um, right, this is of 1996. This mm-hmm. These were the issues of the time um, for the bohemian um, sort of side of things. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just felt... Um... Well, I think to go back to something you said a little bit before was that um, it felt really daring and kind of cutting edge at the time. Mm-hmm. Even Maureen's sort of, um, you know, performance piece, the Over the Moon. <laughs> right, right. Um, I remember seeing it and thinking, like when I was, you know, 16 years old and thinking... Oh, that's so weird. You know, I don't want to move. Also, the, the beginning of my hatred for audience participation. Sure. I do not want to move while I'm watching a show. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. all the people who like moving, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, uh, you know, now that I've like seen a lot more performance art, which is oh, frankly a lot weirder than mm-hmm. Marine's performance, right. um, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't seem as cutting edge or as weird. And I think that as Rent has aged, this is part of some of the disdain that people have kind of had for it. I, I was reading, um, uh, a kind of a response that was written probably in like 2011 or so um, to the rent to the rent thing and uh, the the writer was saying you know you kind of love to hate rent sort of like you hated everything you did when you were you know like who you were when you were a young teenager because you know so much better now right Um, and that's kind of how rent feels like it's it's aged a little bit like you look back and you're like yes this is what it was like then right (laughs) Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a sign of the the show's success or its enduring legacy that a lot of those things are like, cool, yeah, we did go in this direction, you know? Um, uh, these, some of these, these values that are shown on the stage um, became the center and very normalized. And, and in that, um, hooray, success, the piece, you know, uh, as part of the greater cultural milieu uh, really... Um, uh, worked and we we moved towards that because we told those stories and heard those voices and uh, and now and now now it seems a little dated and quaint um, but that's because things like rent existed uh, and were so successful that uh, they became it became dated and quaint yeah well and they and it and frankly it did raise a lot of awareness when it was running you know it ran on Broadway for I think thirteen years um, and and yeah and in that time you know we saw huge strides being made. Um, not only in AIDS research, but just like awareness. And then, yeah, it was, it was, it was of a time. And I think that, you know, it's in, it was interesting to see too, that they're still continuing the, um, uh, what Jonathan Larson, the show's creator wanted to do, which was open up the first, uh, seats in the first two rows for $20 tickets so that people, um, you know, who were poor artists could access that and they could, you know, like show up the day of the show and hopefully get one of those. Um, so, you know, in, on this tour, they're still continuing that. And then there are still, you know, like the people who say they're just like, well, would Rent have really been so big if it didn't begin so tragically mm. um, with Larson passing away the day before it opened right. um, on uh, on Off-Broadway? So, yeah, there's 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 a lot of kind of interesting speculation about, like, why did this show get so big, right. even though it's so, you know, kind of, yeah. Well, I guess it wasn't hackneyed when it started. <laughs> right, right. But you know, it. Uh, you know, uh, what maybe one thing to talk about is the music. It's like some of it is very earwormy, <laughs> yeah. and successfully so. Um, you know, Seasons of Love uh, has definitely, I think, transcended this musical, and it's just sort of in the cultural awareness for us all. Um, yeah, and one thing that uh, stood out, especially in the stage version, was so yeah, those sort of beautiful choral moments these looping of songs or looping of lines refrains that would come back Mm -hmm. um that was sort of like very skillfully sort of woven throughout yeah yeah the music is super super earwormy as you said um and yeah seasons of love is sort of like one of the most often parodied um songs in almost all of broadway like you know they're doing it on the simpsons in the office and you know everywhere um and it's yeah so, I mean, in that way, you know, it's successful. And I think it was kind of like an interesting trip back down to like sort of, you know, your nostalgic 90s uh, times. Yeah. 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 So so that's Rent, uh, which is playing until... Today. Today. <laughs> um, love you, Bohem. <laughs> and 
And off it off it goes on on the rest of its tour. Yeah. All right. Well, um, with that, uh, we're going to give you a season preview next. Uh, talk about some of the things we're excited to see. But first, here's an ad. You know, Alberta Blue Cross really wants to support people. We truly, truly are moving the needle in a way that we want to make an impact. And so, you know, coming to even a first ever event is always fun. You can always now be able to say, hey, I was at that event. And our intention is to really leverage and scale this on an annual basis. So why not come and be that first pioneer and leader that raises their hand and says, you know what, this sounds fantastic. I want to be part of this movement, the energy that's going to happen there. Sign me up. And we're back. I oh. love, I love it. I love supply ads. Right, it's yeah, fantastic. What a, time, what a time in our lives. Um, Fonda, <clears throat> we're on the precipice of Edmonton's 2019-2020 uh, uh, performance season. Um, most companies have announced their seasons, uh, whether they're in theater or dance, um, and and we have a stack of those programs here now. Uh, what are some things that have sort of jumped out to you about what we're seeing in? In the 2019-2020 season announcements. You know, I'm not too sure that I could point out any trends in particular, sure. but um, I am. I, I will point out some things that I'm sort of excited to see. Um, when the Citadel announced their season this year, um, they said that they're actually starting another series, um, kind of based on sort of like what the Rice series used to be, yeah. um, yet not all in the Rice theater. Um, there's, it's called High Wire, and so these are um, sort of you know smaller plays, and I mean smaller by like cast size usually mm-hmm. things like that um but they're kind of like a little bit more edgy and going back to sort of like that that value of you know what the rice was doing of that kind of like black box we're gonna try something a little experimental even yeah. though we're the citadel yeah. <laughs> um also really very excited to see six um which is the uh super successful musical from the uk about the wives of henry the eighth that's right yeah um you know uh and this is them in sort of like a pop concert configuration uh telling their stories uh, it's already been announced that it's going to Broadway after this, so it's definitely definitely a show on everyone's radar, I think. Yeah, which is cool. It'll make it sort of the um, second big show that uh, the Citadel is the only spot in Canada where it gets a premiere uh, before it goes on to Broadway. Of course, the other one was Hadestown, um, which won everything at yeah. the Tonys this year. The other thing I'm really excited to see at the Citadel is um, the Garneau Block, based mm. on um, the book by Todd Babiak, and it's, it's written by Belinda Cornish. Yeah. So that's a very Edmonton play for the Citadel to be doing, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but I think it's great to see um, Belinda has, you know, uh, such a, a reputation as a playwright in town these days with, with shows she's she's done over the last um, decade or so. Uh, and so to see one get that sort of major, that A-house uh, staging is wonderful. And also to have it be a local story, to be this like local local author's um, take on a, on a well-known neighborhood in, in Edmonton. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, the Color Purple is opening the Citadel season, um, which very excited to see. Another trend, I guess, maybe, would be of um, strong female casts. Cool. Uh, Theater Network um, has another Moscovich play in the lineup this year, which is called, what was it called again? Sexual Misconduct. And... Sexual Misconduct of the Middle Class. I think. Are you correct? Am I correct? <laughs> Sifting through the paper. Uh, yep, so, uh, sexual misconduct of the middle classes, which That's is it, in April 2020. 
Right. Um, um, and that's um, with Dave Horak and Diana Vizirka in the cast and Marianne Coppathorne directing. Um, later on in the season, Marianne Coppathorne appears in the cast of a show that's part of the Roxy Performance Series um, in The Children by Lucy Kirkwood. Um, and so that's kind of, I, I don't know anything about that play or anything, but I do really um, like to see Coppathorne as a performer on stage. Right. So that should be, and it's been a while, so that should be pretty cool. Yeah, the the uh, description refers to it as a, a taut eco-thriller from one of Britain's hot new playwrights. So, you know, Ooh. of the time. Yeah, it's taut and hot. <laughs> and it's an eco-thriller. Yeah, so, you know, we'll all probably be like, oh, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, my God, we're all going to die. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, the Ballad of Peachtree Rose, a Workshop West, that's sort of their big main stage um, that they're presenting this year. Um, and that one, that's a new M- Nicole Moeller play. Um, killer cast in it, Shannon Blanchett, Alexander Dawkins, Bobby Goddard, and Laura Rabu. Um, that one, I think we were, we, we thought that that one was actually going to be last year, um, but it's it's premiering now this year. So excited to see that uh, uh, in, in November at the Backstage Theater. Right. Um, in the Northern Light Theater season, uh, Everybody Loves Robbie, a new play from local playwright Ellen Chorley, uh, is happening in early January. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, 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 good God, you're getting old. <laughs> uh, look, I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I measure a year in how much my body degrades. <laughs> uh, let me take this all again. <laughs> Yeah, everybody loves Robbie. Um, sort of looks at a, a high school power couple as um, you know, high, you know, leaders of the drama club, and uh, you know, planning their future in musical theater. But then, um, then people start to realize maybe their their sexuality isn't what they thought it was, and and sort of how that changes and affects that dynamic. Yeah, um, in the Broadway Across Canada season, Dear Evan Hansen is coming, which right. um, I'm I'm super excited to see, and also recently announced Waitress too is also coming, which was um i guess pretty big on broadway like three four years ago yeah something like that it was just in toronto Mm -hmm. um the azimuth theater season uh has uh two things that are jumping out uh one uh tell us what happened by michelle robb which is a co-pro with theater yes happening in may 14th to 24 at Le Cité Francophone. Uh, and then uh, there's a workshop showcase of Impossible Mongoose's GEF. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. G-E-F exclamation point, uh, <laughs> which looks to be a musical. Um, Impossible Mongoose have had some fringe hits over the last few years. Uh, Prophecy was a couple years ago. The Alien Alien Baby was uh, two fringes back. Um, so yeah, that's that's happening in June 2020. So near the end of the season. Cool. Um, also, uh, in the Azimuth season, technically, is the Expanse Festival, which is yeah. part of the Chinook Festival, which also includes Canoe and Black Arts Matter and Sound Off and, Sound Off and a few other things I'm sure we're missing. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, that runs February 6th to 16th. Um, so looking forward to some lineup information on that. Um, speaking of Expanse, the dance season is also out. Um very excited to see Frankenstein. Um, it's the Alberta Ballet show. It's brand new show. Um, it's been making the rounds over media, mostly through photography of the crazy cool costumes that they've cool. been developing. Um, so that should be pretty cool. Um, also, they're doing a Peter Pan show as and the Citadel is doing a Peter Pan show. Um, so there's one trend too they're also remounting swan lake which if you ever get the chance to see you should always always see swan lake when you can yeah why why fun <laughs> because it's 
beautiful. The music, the music is the best music in the world, mm-hmm. and I will I will stand by that opinion. Great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I won't challenge it. Um, uh, you know, Miles Zero Dance. Uh, their their season is is referred to as Field Guide to Dance in the Anthropocene, mm-hmm. uh, which is the uh, you know the epoch of time we're currently in um, slash extinction era event. Because we're yeah we're destroying everything. Um, yeah, and their you know the Dance Crush season is remains one of my my favorite sort of pieces of the performance season right now, where they're bringing in work um, that sort of like is a nice litmus of contemporary dance in in Canada. Uh, so we have Sarah does a solo from Sarah Porter, who's a Toronto-based artist uh, who's been working for three decades as a as a dancer and and writer. Um, yeah, so that's happening in December. Uh, there's a piece called Oblivion, which has connections to Japan, uh, happening in October. Yeah, with Maria Sanai, um, who is super cool. One thing that I'm really excited to see in the Dance Crush series, um, which is kind of uh, jumping off a piece that we saw earlier this year, Rosanna Terracciano. I'm terribly sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right, but we're seeing her um, kind of in a, an, a new piece uh, based on something that was uh, presented in a shorter version earlier this year. It's called Place. Uh, is a city written on this body. Uh, when I saw her in the shorter kind of preview piece earlier this year, it made me very curious to see um, where it goes next. So that's pretty cool. Um, city Ballet, or no, not City Ballet. Gosh, uh, it's been Edmonton. it's been over a year or yeah. almost two years now. Ballet Edmonton has announced their season two. Uh, interesting to see they're bringing in Shea Kubler uh, as a guest choreographer. Um, of course, Wenwei Wang is um, uh, they're uh, still in their sort of AD position there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and other choreographers they're working with are Carissa Berry and uh, Gioconda Barbuto. Uh, so that should be a pretty cool season as well. Interestingly, the Brian Webb Dance Company has not yet announced their season but that's coming next week and i believe the good women dance are announcing later this month yeah at the end of the month um and that's uh you know uh an overview of things happening there are also you know a million other things happening as as this is uh, edmonton in the theater season um so yeah so it'll be interesting to see what else pops up along the way yeah yeah but that's so there's your rundown of of things that things that were like maybe i don't know maybe go book a ticket early all right and with that um how about we do our next ad the alberta podcast network recently welcomed anti-culture into its lineup of member podcasts anti-culture explores the complex nature of what cultural identity really means in mosaic societies specifically in north america Each episode, host Josiah Sinanin interviews people from all sorts of perspectives, from a right-wing business owner in corporate Calgary to one of the real housewives, and learns that even though he may not agree with everyone on everything, their stories are worth hearing. To find out more on Anti-Culture and all of APN's member podcasts, visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. I like how you did the air quotes for real housewives. I just, you know, it's capitalized in here. I, you know, it's hard to convey that. And then I, I still didn't <laughs> convey that. Uh, All right. Well, so um, we talked about the whole season, but for listings uh, immediately, what's coming up soon here? So uh, September 13th to 15th, uh, Dynasty's annual Sopathon, the 50-hour nonstop improvisation where uh, in two-hour chunks uh, with little breaks, 
uh, a bunch of improvisers will perform continually all weekend. It's happening September 13th to 15th at the Varscona Theater. I think the theme this year is like murder at Big Little Lake. So like sort of a slasher, maybe a campy, yeah. a campy thing. Kind of like a Christopher Pike sort of thing. Maybe. Sure, yeah. Um, the Color Purple kicks off at the Citadel Theater, runs September 21st through October 3rd. Uh, uh, Vidalia is uh, the uh, last show in the Teatro La Quindicina uh, season. Uh, it's happening also at the Barcelona Theater, September 26th to October 12th. Um, and later on, uh, September 27th through 29th is the Play the Fool Festival, which is our, our clown festival here in Edmonton. Um, that's running at the Backstage Theater. And No Change in the Weather, a Newfoundland musical, is happening at the ATB Arts Barns, the Westbury Theater, September 25th to 28th. Cool. All right. Well, um, that's it for season six, episode one. Thanks for listening, everyone. Go see some things. Bye. Bye. I Don't Get It is produced by Paul Blinov, Fonda Mithrash, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded at the Edmonton Community Foundation in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Our website is idontgetityeg.com. Our Twitter is at idontgetityeg. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes and support us through Patreon. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Check out more of Ghibli's music at ghibli.bandcamp.com. I love you.